Hey, thanks for listening to the Berwyn AG Podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Christian Life Center in Berwyn, Illinois. Our goal is to create a real faith for the real world. We hope this podcast helps you grow closer to the Lord. For more information, you can visit our website, berwynag.org, or you can find us on all social media platforms at Berwyn AG. If you're blessed by what you hear today, be sure to share and subscribe. Thanks, and as always, God bless. Now, uh, Laura prayed a very beautiful prayer about um, the edification of all of my preparation and all that. So I feel like I should give you guys an inside scoop of how this sermon came to be. Welcome to the life of a pastor. <laughs> so a while back, I was listening to a live stream of one of the, the uh, other pastors that I went to college with. She's an amazing speaker. Every time she preaches, I try to catch the live stream that she's preaching on. And in her sermon, she shared this imagery of God being like the stars. And it was beautiful, about 30 seconds, not the main point of her whole sermon, and I thought, wow, that's great. That could be a whole sermon on its own. And then I thought, I could write a whole sermon just about that. Oh wait, no, I actually could, because that's my job. (laughs) So I wrote the sermon, and I've been thinking about it, and I keep coming back to it, and it's like, oh, this is great. It really, it keeps resonating with me, and it's teaching me over and over and over again. I just wish I had a place to preach it. It just doesn't fit with what we're doing in youth and the series we're going through. What am I going to do? And then Pastor Dave texted and said, hey, could you preach October 13th? So I had a place to preach it. Hence, we're here. (laughs) Basically, this whole sermon was just a series of me following the big neon signs, God going this way, stupid. (laughs) So that's how we've gotten here. It's amazing because just about the time that I started to feel really great about it, I got excited and I told the youth on Wednesday and they're like, oh, well, us guys aren't going to be here. Can you give us like a summary? What are you going to talk about? So I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk about how God is like the stars. And without hesitation, one of them goes, but stars die though. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like teenagers to keep you humble. (laughs) And while it's true, The amazing thing is that all created imagery, the things in this created earth, will never truly be able to compare to the creator who made them. But we are able to use his creation to better understand him. So maybe a better way to explain what we're going to talk about today is we are going to talk about how we perceive God being like how we perceive the stars. Have you ever thought about the stars? When I was a kid, I absolutely loved the stars. We lived in the middle of nowhere. Well, not nowhere. We weren't on the farms outside of it. But there weren't as many street lights, and there definitely weren't as many building lights. So I would be able to go out in our backyard at night and just look up and stare at the stars. It was crazy. I loved it. But as I got older and my schedule got busier and I moved to the cities, I didn't see the stars as often. I couldn't see them, and there, there were a bunch of different reasons that I couldn't see them. And I am constantly struck by how like our perception of God that is. Sometimes we can't see God, and it's for a multitude of different reasons. One of them is light pollution. When you get into the cities, when you get into bigger towns, 
all of the light that we are surrounded by creates almost this barrier in between us and the stars. It makes it so when we go out at night, we can't see them. It's also why during the day, we can't see them. The sun is brighter and closer to us here on Earth than the stars that are billions of light years away. There is light pollution, a barrier that separates us from the stars that we like to admire. With God, I think that's often the created things here on Earth that we let stand in between us and God. It's the things that are closer and more tangible and more immediate that we choose to focus on. But we're not the only ones who have had this misconception. We're not the first ones who have gotten distracted by what's happening around us. Our culture isn't the first people to discover it. Let's go back Old Testament. Thousands of years before any of us, before technology and electric lights and any of that, this was still a problem. In Psalms 89, the psalmist writes, Oh Lord, how long will this go on? Will you hide yourself forever? How long will your anger burn like fire? It's not new for us to totally miss God because of what distracts us. This has been going on for thousands of years. The people who follow God, we are in situations that constantly make it so we can't see him. And sometimes, even when we know full well the beauty of the real light, we still choose the counterfeit. Whether it be chasing success, or more money, or a certain relationship, or just the instant gratification of the things that are so close, we choose it. But the reality is, it will never measure up to the extent of the majesty of the real light. Just like your LED bulbs that you have in your house will never compare to the galaxies of stars that are constantly above our heads. But it masks it and hides it from us really well. The second thing that keeps us from seeing the stars is the weather. I don't think I need to remind any of you guys after how rainy it's been that clouds and rainy times can keep us from being able to see the stars. In fact, those can be some of the darkest nights that we have. And sometimes we have cloudy and dark and rainy seasons in our lives. Those hard times that block out the goodness that we have seen before of God and leave us feeling like we're just in pitch black. We can be sitting and wondering where the money is going to come from, where, where we're going to find a cure for this disease when we're struggling with the sudden death of friends. It can be very difficult in those times to look up and see light. I can remember several times in my own life where I have said out loud, God, where are you? Because it's dark and I can't see you. I'm going to be honest, yesterday morning was one of those times. When I woke up and my friend from college had died. No health problems, no issues, just an accident. And she died, and her baby is in NICU 
for no reason, and I was thinking, God, where are you? But us sitting in darkness does not mean that the light does not exist. Because God, like the stars, is always there whether we see him or not. God is always there. We know that the stars are still there. We talk about them in science classes. There are full documentaries. If you type in stars to Google, first you might have to get past all the celebrities. And then you can look at thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures. Amateur, professional, scientific, different galaxies. You can see pictures of stars. We have proof that they're there. And just because us here in Chicago have a ton of light pollution and we don't really see them on a regular basis doesn't mean we start teaching in school that the stars don't exist. And yet, how many times do we, as Christians, get distracted by the manufactured things? The things that are closer and flashier, and maybe not even necessarily brighter. Maybe it's really dim, but it's pretty. How many times does the weather roll in, and we don't see God, and we decide that he doesn't exist? Or worse yet, he does exist, but he's left us. To me, that sounds as crazy as us deciding to teach that stars don't exist because we can't see them here in the city. God is always with us. And the amazing thing is, you don't have to take my word for it. God promises it and tells us that over and over and over in his word. If you need some examples, here you go. Psalms 23, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Deuteronomy 31.6, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. The last part of the Great Commission in Matthew 28, when Jesus is giving his final words to his disciples, he says, and be sure of this, I will be with you always, even to the ends of the age. He promises to be with us over and over and over again. And yet we get in situations and we forget. I don't know who needs to hear this the most today, but God has not left you. And he will not leave you, ever. When you get distracted by the wrong light, when you are in pitch black, when everything seems hopeless, he is still there. It's the truth that we see and we hear and we preach and we try to take in but it's so hard to remind our souls of that. So what do we do? What would happen if I just like ended there? I just <laughs> pose the question. Thank you for coming. Next week, we'll see you then. <laughs> Pastor Dave will preach a better sermon. 
What do we do? Sometimes we need to get away and look for him. One of my favorite things when Cameron and I were in college was when we would go from Minneapolis and we would drive down to his parents' place in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. And every time, without fail, it would go something like this. We would get in and pull into their driveway, no street lights, stop the car, middle of the night, get out and look up. And just stay there, staring for a minute. Yeah, we were tired. Yeah, there were things to do. We should maybe bring our bags in. People were waiting. There was a dog barking in the middle of the night. But we just couldn't help it. We just had to stare for a minute. We had to take it in for a minute because it had been so long since we'd seen the stars in their true reality. If we can feel that way about the stars, the actual stars, imagine what awe the creator of those stars could inspire if we were willing to get away with him. Because if we know that no matter the circumstance, he's with us, then why is it we can't hear him? Sometimes it's because everything is just too close. It's too bright, it's too loud, it's too distracting. It's too insistent. There's a story that I think echoes this idea exactly in the Bible. And it's in 1 Kings 19. Here we find the prophet Elijah. And Elijah was a prophet during a very difficult time in Israel and Judah's history. It was awful. And at this point, we find him not preaching the word, not traveling, but running. Running for his life. And he'd already been in the desert, and he'd already spent time just fleeing and not knowing where he was going. And where we pick up in this story is him finally finding a dark and secluded place to hide. Starting in chapter 19, verse 9. It says, there he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, 
What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah had every reason to believe God wasn't there. He'd been doing what he'd been told. He was surrounded by distractions and big, flashy idols and things that people were trying to push on him. And his life was being threatened. And he knew it wasn't an empty threat either because they'd killed everyone else already. Elijah had every reason to believe that God wasn't with him. And yet it says, as soon as he got to that cave, he heard the voice of the Lord. What are you doing here, Elijah? And once he was away from the distractions and away from the pressing issue that was his situation, all of a sudden, he could hear. And not only that, he was able to distinguish the voice of God from all of the big, flashy, amazing things that happened before it. He was able to recognize that God wasn't in that windstorm or that earthquake or that fire, though they were really impressive. When he heard the sound of a small whisper, it was then that he recognized the presence of God. And that in and of itself is incredible, but if you go on to read what happens once he starts listening, God refreshes him, gives him new vision, gives him a new direction for his ministry. Where he sends him to go and raise up the next generation. This is where we get his direction to go and anoint Elisha, the man who followed in his footsteps. Elijah got away to a dark and quiet space where he could hear the voice of God. And it was then he could recognize that God was with him. And beyond that, God had been with him through everything else. God had seen what Elijah was going through. God had seen the struggle and the pain and the fear and the anger God had been right there with him. Elijah just couldn't see it. Our church has been hurting for multiple reasons. We have had health issues, financial issues, struggles with families, with schedules. We've been hurting. And I think our, our question has been, where are you? Where is God in this? Or maybe we sound a little bit more like Elijah of, what is this? I've been doing what you said, but I'm threatened. They've killed everyone else. They've still turned away from you. What am I supposed to do? And while that's not wrong, believe me, God can take your anger. God can take your hurt. God can take your misconceptions. He can take it. But he wants you to listen. He wants you to search. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you.
when we get distracted, it's sometimes because it's just closer. But those things will never last. The light bulb burns out, the street lamp gets changed, the neon sign gets replaced when the business changes. The temporary things may be closer and flashier, but if you take time to study the stars, you begin to see the intricacies, the uniqueness, the amazingness that is stars. They're not all the same. There are different galaxies. They're made up of different substances. They burn at different temperatures. They're different ages. It's fascinating, and it can be so much more than you realize if you're willing to dig down and actually look. God is the same way. He has given us 66 books to explore him in. And then he went beyond that, and he gave us a community to understand and worship him in. And then he went beyond that, and he gave us the Holy Spirit, his own identity to be with us every single day so we could know him. But the world's distracting. Seasons change. Situations change. Locations change. And we are very easy to forget the beauty of the stars. I would live for those moments during college when we would get out of the city and we would get to Indiana and we would be able to see the stars. And it was more than that. It was more than the stars. It was because I knew at that moment I could let everything go. I could just let it go. I didn't have homework. I didn't have meetings. I didn't have classes to attend or people to answer to. I was just here. And I could just be there, soaking in the stars for however long I wanted. We make our lives very busy, and some of that's just our culture and out of our control. But we make time for what we think is important. So I encourage you, if you are sitting in a place where the lights around are too bright or the clouds above you are too dark, take the time. Pull away. Maybe it's literally getting away and going out somewhere overnight. Or maybe it's just locking yourself in your room, turning your phone off, and sitting. I promise you, if you are willing to actually look for the God that you are so desperately wanting to see, you're going to realize he's right there. He's right there. And we hear over and over and over again the amazing stories of how God works because he's right there with us about God providing finances in ways we don't expect, about God providing healings when we don't expect it, God healing relationships, marriages, when everyone else said it was done, God freeing people from addictions, God providing family when people felt alone, God knows exactly 
what you need and when you need it. And it's because he's there. I read a Facebook post not that long ago. Uh, I couldn't tell you who wrote it. But it was a young mom. And she was talking about how it was about feeding time. And she had the baby and a bouncer in the living room. And she went to the kitchen to prepare the bottle. And she could just hear the baby crying from the other room. And all she kept thinking was, hold on, I'm right here, I'm getting it, just hold on, wait a second. And she said it struck her in that moment how like our relationship with God it was. That so often we can't see God in the circumstance and we can't see it in that instance. And so we start crying out like we've been left and abandoned. And what we don't see is he's 10 feet away getting exactly what we need. He hasn't left us, and he's never going to fail us. So I want to take this time now. We've had an amazing time, just us as a community, seeking God. And I want to have that furthered. If we can do it in worship, we can do it after a word. If you find yourself in a place where you can't see God, take time now. You have time now. The world can wait for a few minutes more. Take the time now. Look for him. Seek him. And then here's the key thing. Listen. Are you listening for that whisper? Because we can see fire and windstorms and earthquakes but are you listening for the whisper? I'd like to invite the elders to come forward. So Ron and Payne. I'm serious about this. I find this very serious, and it's because it speaks to me and where I'm at. This isn't a platitude or something that's really nice to say and maybe get like you know a good Twitter excerpt from. It's real. And I think more than ever, it's important for us to take the time. And if we can't do that together, when are we going to do it? Father God, I just want to thank you so much that you have given us this time to hear from you. That you have given us this time to hear your word and share in it together. And I thank you that you not only speak to us personally, but you also give us others to share it with us. To see what we cannot see, to give us the perspective that we do not have. God, I ask that as we take these moments, as we take these moments to seek you, to look for you wherever we're at, that you would show yourself, that you would speak and lead in these moments. That there would be breakthrough in people's personal journeys, God. There would be lives changed because of a starting point here. Lord, we thank you so much for just your constance and consistency in our lives, even when our situation doesn't allow us to see it. We thank you so much for this time. We pray all this in your name. Amen.
Thanks for listening. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. We take pride in creating free content that will hopefully enrich your life and lead you closer to the heart of the Father. If you are blessed by what you heard today, help us continue to make content just like this by sharing, subscribing, and if you feel led, by contributing financially on our website, berwinag.org. As always, if there's anything that we can do to help you in your walk with the Lord, contact us on our website, berwinag.org, or on social media at berwinag. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.